Isn't it good to sing about a God that is risen? Amen? A God that can overcome anything. I'm all. <laughs> I tell you what, we're going to make one of these one of these days that work. Probably one of my favorite ones in Acts. Chapter 2 was the day of Pentecost. 
120 were in the upper room and the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost and, and, and they spoke in all different languages and 3,000, this is amazing how powerful the Holy Spirit was. On the day of Pentecost, 3,000 souls were saved. And then in Acts chapter 4, Peter preaches again. It says he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And as he spoke then, uh, 5,000 were saved. 8,000 people in two chapters. Man, we do good to get eight in a month. It's not here, but in most churches. 8,000 people came to Jesus Christ in a short period of time here. And it wasn't because of Peter's personality. It wasn't because he went to a leadership conference. It wasn't because uh, he read some self-help book. It was because the Bible said in verse 8, and I love verse 8, in chapter 4 it says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers, people, and elders of Israel, if this day... If uh, this day are judged for a good deed done to this helpless man, by what means has been made well? Let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom you raised from the dead, by him this man stands before you whole. Now, you got to flip back to chapter 3. As Peter and John was going to the temple to pray, there was a lame man that had been lame his whole life, and he, he was begging for alms, and Peter said, Silver and gold, I have none, but rise up in the name of what? And as soon as he did, he raised up, and the man was healed. God used Peter and John in this man's healing. And believe me, he wasn't quiet about his healing either. This, this, this was a commotion that was going on in this city. This man's praising God, glorifying God. Listen, if you've been in a wheelchair your whole life, born, crippled, and at 40 years old you get healed, I guarantee you, you will not be quiet about it. Amen? I mean, some of us, some of us praise the Razorbacks louder than we do God. And... And this man's making a fuss, and they're thinking, man, we, we got to calm this down. We thought we just crucified Jesus. We thought we put him in a tomb. We don't want this starting back up with this Jesus thing. But Peter gets this boldness here being filled with the Holy Spirit. Look what he says. He says in verse 11, this is the stone which were rejected by you builders. He's talking to them, to the Jews. He says, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor there is salvation in any other... For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which, and I love in your Bible, mine says must. <laughs> How many of y'all says that? Must be saved. Not might, could be, must be. By no other name under heaven given shall a man must be saved, and that's through Jesus Christ. In verse 13, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled, they realized, I love this, that they had been with Jesus. Man, what a greater thing could be said when we leave here and, and y'all going to go to your restaurants and I'll try to preach a little quicker today so you get there better and get a good seat and don't have to wait in line. But what better could it be that you leave here and go out and go to your jobs on Monday, go out to eat today, and man, people don't have to ask you where you've been. They know that you went to church, number one. But more than that, they know that you had been with Jesus. Man, what greater testimony. This is what the church needs today, guys. The church needs to let the world know that, hey, we don't meet in there on two hours. A little longer. On Sunday morning, singing songs and taping offering, we've been with Jesus. 
People need to know that we've been with Jesus, just not meeting and shaking hands. Oh, that church, I don't go to church. Church just meet and it's a click and it's not here. It's not no click here. It's about Jesus. Amen. What a change that would make in our lives and, and the impact it would make in our church. Amen. Heavenly Father, we love you today, Lord. I pray that when we leave here today, we can say we've been with Jesus. Lord, I pray that you'll permeate this place and through your Holy Spirit that you'll speak to every heart and every soul that has the capability of understanding you today. That's old enough to know that God is looking for a spirit-filled church, Lord. And I pray that you would touch us in a mighty way today. In Jesus' name, amen. I know you hear me say that a lot about God touches today, but listen, we, we need to be touched by the hand of God. We can't live in our own human strength and do our own human things and try to fix all of our problems in our human strength. Sometimes you need a touch of God to get you over your problems. And that's called the feeling of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's, it's uh, the feeling of the Holy Spirit. Is now, when, how many in here truly believe that you're saved today? That you've asked Jesus into your heart? Let me see him again. Raise your hands. We need to, hey, look at this, man. Good. This is a great sermon to all of us saved folks. Amen. If you're not, you'll have your chance to be saved today. Amen. But, but listen, everybody in here just about raised their hand. That's great. There's a lot of saved folks in here. Or they're saved. And so they've asked Jesus Christ. When you ask Jesus Christ into your heart, wherever you was at, the Holy Spirit came and indwelt you. Amen? This is the third part of the Trinity, the third part of the Godhead, Jesus the Father, and the, uh, Jesus, the, uh, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the one that indwells you today. He indwells us in the church age. He's the one uh, uh, that, that guides and directs us and convicts us and moves us and speaks to us. And you say, well, God doesn't do that to me. The Holy Spirit doesn't do that to me. Then something's wrong. Because if you're a child of God, God's going to speak to you and try to send you in a direction that's the best for your family and your life and what He has for you, His plan. God convicts us. That's not bad, guys. When I say conviction, everybody goes, when I say conviction, what's the number one word you think of? Sin. He does convict us of sin, but He also convicts us of not just good stuff for us, but better stuff. He knows that you got good stuff now, but there, God says, I got better stuff for you of the decisions that you make and the directions we go. And so, as a child of God, you're saved. The Holy Spirit comes in and indwells you, and you're saved. But listen, there's a difference in the indwelling and the feeling of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a continual process. The feeling of the Holy Spirit is continuous. Now, it's not some big giant formula and you're waiting on Him here. If you're, alive, if you're, if you're not going to get deeper in following God, you're probably not going to get this boldness that Peter had. If you want to be just a casual Christian and just skim by and show up in a church service and never read your Bible and never get deeper in prayer, never hunger for none of that, then you're probably not going to get empowered or filled by the Holy Spirit to do an extraordinary thing that God has laid out for your life. Amen? This is Baptist Church. Hang on. This is what cracks me up. The Holy Spirit is not Baptist. 
The Holy Spirit is not a Pentecostal. The Holy Spirit is not a Assembly of God. The Holy Spirit is not non-denominational. He is the work of God, the third part of God that indwells you. He is Jesus. He is God. So, let's get, when, when a Baptist preacher starts preaching, but, but this is why our churches are dying. Nobody wants to talk about the Holy Spirit. We want to talk about programs and what we can do and how to make things better. And let's buy some better carpet. Let's put a bigger sign on the road. You can do all that, guys. But for us to have a Spirit-filled church, He's got to first, you've got to first say, Jesus, fill me with your Spirit. I need more joy. Lord, fill me with your Spirit. I need more faith. Lord, I need more peace. Fill me with your Spirit. The Bible says in Ephesians 5, 18, Be ye not drunk with wine, but be ye filled with the Spirit. Now Paul is speaking to Christians there. He's not speaking to lost people that's never been saved, that's never walked into a church door. He's not saying, he said, he's talking to the church in, in, in Ephesus in Ephesians 5, 18. Everybody knows if you drink enough wine, what it's going to do to you. Little about a little eight-year-old girl goes, I do. She had a high boy. Everybody knows that if you drink enough alcohol, what that alcohol is going to do to your body. What's it going to do to you? It's going, everybody says drunk. No. I, see, that's the first thing we think. If Paul doesn't want us to get the message that you drink alcohol, you're going to get drunk. Duh, we know that. What Paul is trying to emphasize here is, be ye not drunk with wine, be ye filled with the Spirit, is when you drink that alcohol, I watched Cops last night. Anybody ever watch that show, Cops? Boy, they got some of the drunkest people on there I've ever seen. They'll get a car to a house and a wife and a husband has got into a fight last night. It was so funny. Melvin had it on when I was walking through and, and he had hit his wife and he was, uh, he was standing there in his undies. When the police came, he goes, hello, officer. I'm glad that you're in your, uh, you're in your uniform and I'm in my underwear. He said, did you hit your wife? No, I didn't hit my wife. She started it. And he couldn't even carry on. Well, let me ask you a couple questions. Well, uh, sit down here. And he puts a seat there and he almost sit and missed it. They had to hold him by the arms and sit him down just to talk to him. What Paul is saying in his verse in Ephesians, be ye not drunk with wine, but filled with the Holy Spirit, is let the Holy Spirit control your life for once. Instead of you making all the calls and decisions for your life, let the Holy Spirit convict and move. Surrender. Forget that it's not about you. You can't live it in your own strength no more. You can't do this in your own strength, Jesus. I give up. I finally surrender. Lord, come in. Take control. Influence me. Be, Lord, let me be controlled like a drunk is with alcohol by the Holy Spirit. When you get up on Monday morning, Lord, control my tongue today. I'm going, you know, the, you know how me and my coworkers not getting along. I go to church down there at Pleasant Hill and I, boy, I don't want something to slip today like it did last week. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you and control you. It'll be amazing. And then people will say, wow, he's been with Jesus. Because you've been filled. Now, you're already saved. You're a child of God. But listen, I know some real mean saved people. 
some saved people that don't care about the lost in their community. I know some saved people that don't care if their church grows. And, and I believe they're saved. They just, they're not being controlled by the Holy Spirit of God. First thing we say is they're not saved. Well, we, only God knows that, number one. But I truly believe if a person's saved, you'll know them by the fruit that they bear sooner or later. Amen? Because the fruit's not going to fall very far from the tree, which is the cross. I mean, if, if you say, well, and that's why I truly believe that there's so many people in our church today that's not truly saved. They had an experience, an emotional experience, but not a heart-riveting transformation when the Holy Spirit came in, they invited Jesus to come in their heart and be their Lord over their life. And the problem is with a lot of Christians is the Lord's not over us. The Lord is usually a second or third thought when we're in trouble. I'm preaching to me, guys. This is for me. Because when I get excited and something happens, I want to run and fix it myself instead of saying, Jesus, control this. Or, you've got something big coming up. And, and, I, and people say, well, I just, you know, when I'm getting ready to speak somewhere, and especially every Sunday, or when I'm out preaching a revival, I say, Lord, fill me with your spirit. Before I get behind that pulpit, I'm nervous. Man, I, I'm on my, I'm on a, you know, I'm always going to say something, amen. But tell me, the, Lord, help me to say the right thing. At the right time for a now word. And see, there's a lot of preachers that are preaching today, but it's not a right now word time that really pierces somebody. Man, you get a, a preacher that's filled with the Spirit of God and the favor of God, the anointing of God. Listen, you know it comes from God. It's not just from His mouth. And, and when I surrendered to preach, I said, Lord, that's who I want to be. I want a preacher when he gets behind the pulpit. They know without a doubt he's been spending time with Jesus. He's not preaching to advance his own name, his church's name. He's preaching about a man called Jesus that wants to see lives change. And so there's the feeling of the Holy Spirit. Did I give you that definition that I wrote up with him? About being filled in the creases and the cracks. Well, I'll read it. I got it. To be filled with the Holy Spirit is to allow His influence to invade every crack and crevice of our beings. Thoughts, motives, relationships, and even your dreams. How many of us can say that today? We have prayed that. How many here have lost your joy? Got one, my wife. That sounds good for me. How many else has lost you? Come on, guys. You lose your joy during the week. See, this is why the Holy Spirit can't come and fill every crevice. You can't even raise your hand and say, I lost my joy. Until we can admit to Jesus, I've lost it. But I'm telling you what, we hate to tell Jesus, I can't do it. But see, once we tell Jesus, I can't do it, He fills us with His Spirit. So then, you're made more than an overcomer. You can do better than you can ever do on your own. Because the Holy Spirit, listen, the Holy Spirit illuminates truth in the Bible in your heart and brings it to life. Amen? 
Man, when I preach, he just brings the word to life. I mean, I'm just ready to preach, excited to preach. That's why you got a bunch of dull, dry, deadhead preachers today. Well, if you don't mind, turn to the book of Mark. And here we are for 35 minutes, same monotone voice, ain't said nothing hardly about Jesus, how he changed you. Somebody said, do you fall asleep when preachers preach? I said, some of them. Y'all look like a bunch of, we don't sleep at all. Huh? Not with me preaching, I know. But, and, and you don't have to be loud to be anointed. That's not what I'm saying. Loudness and running around like me don't make you anointed. A lot of people think, well, if he's loud and preaches and on fire, you need to be on fire. A preacher needs, listen, the church needs to be on fire about Jesus. But if a preacher can't be on fire about Jesus, don't expect the pews to be on fire. And that's what's wrong with a lot of our churches today is the leaders, they can care less. As long as we can make another Sunday and pay another bill and, and build another building, we're happy. That's not what Jesus died on the cross for, for his church. He died that we can enjoy him, have life, and have it more abundantly than what we're having today. Tomorrow, he wants you to have it more abundantly than you had it today. He didn't die just to give you eternal life. He died to give you so you can enjoy your Christian life. Look like you like it. Amen. Look like you like to be saved. Look like you like to be called a child of the one true king. Amen. Well, I'm saved, but I just don't, you know, I don't get emotional. I know some Christians that are like that. Sooner or later, Jesus is going to come out in you. Smile. It, man, it's great to come to a church that people love to clap, love to, love to hug you. They love to talk. Somebody just seen me while I go in the hallway. I said, boy, it's loud in there. They're just chattering and laughing. I said, amen. I walked in a bunch of them. The house was full and you could hear a pin drop. Because they got their seat in the church and their name's on the bottom because Grandpa bought it for them. And they're going to sit in that seat and they're going to stay in that seat and ain't nobody going to get them out of that seat. Been sitting there 45 years. Well, come to Pleasant Hill, baby. You're going to move all over this joint. Amen? I mean, you might be sitting here one Sunday. The next Sunday, you sit. Levi and Mary, you sit over here. Then they moved up here, and then they're back there, and now they're right here. I think people sitting here was over there because it ain't your seat. <laughs> it ain't your seat. When you're filled with the Spirit, you don't care whose seat it is. You're just glad to be in worshiping, glorifying the name of Jesus. We got visitors. The house is full. I'm happy. Amen. I mean, you're just excited about it. You can care less what your neighbor's wearing. You can care less what the music sounds like. Or song. I didn't sing my favorite song today. Every song, if it's about Jesus, should be your favorite. You're worshiping the music and not the Savior. Amen. That's what I'm saying. Every Sunday we come in here, we've got to be prepared to worship. 
I mean, you shouldn't have to have a pep rally to worship. Okay, folks, let's get up here. We've all had a hard week. Let's work of Jesus. You know it's free in here. You can worship Him. Don't feel embarrassed. How many times have I said that? Every Sunday. It's tough. It's, I know it's a hard week, but guess what? You're here. Oh, if you only knew what I've been going through, get filled with the Spirit and come on. You don't need a pep rally every time. Just open your Bible and read it. Need a four-string band to play every time you read God's Word. The Holy Spirit should initiate and excite you to read about the Word and what He wants to do in your life. Without a bunch of music and a band and everybody happy. There's times when I read God's Word when I am down and out, depressed, and don't want to talk to nobody. But I open the Word of God up and He speaks to me through His Holy Spirit. And then that Word comes in me and rises up in the Holy Spirit when I'm surrendered to Him and, in, and under His control and His influence fills me up, Ted. I forget about my depression, my situation. All of a sudden, joy just rises up. I can't explain it, guys. I wish I could take it. I can't explain it. He just does it. How many of you have ever been to church before? You come in and you feel like, eh. Got a few hands. How about y'all here? Eh. Right here. Eh. Right here. Eh. Boy, this is some... These people right here. The Holy Spirit's going to fill this section today, I guarantee you. Hold that right here, just, you know, and just, y'all dig I'll tell you what, the Holy Spirit's going to lopsided us today, man. I mean, during the invitation, y'all going to be walking like this. I'm telling you, it's going to be heavy on this side of the building. But see, when you come in here and you say, eh, man, my week's bad, I, you know, things are just... Not going like I want it. But one time, at any time, have we stopped and said, Lord, influence my thoughts. Lord, take over my situation. Take me and set me here, and you come and take over. Fill me with your spirit. Give me your joy and your peace and your love. And let me experience, Lord, I, I had it when I first got saved. I was so excited when you cursed me into me. Salvation is like your car, folks. It get, you know what? Salvation stays the same yesterday, day, tomorrow. But you, you get older and you get used to it. You get used to your salvation. You say, oh man, I did that 45 years ago. You know, it's old hat. If you feel that way, no wonder you're an old grump. And negative. And ain't had a feeling and don't know about Jesus because it just because it happened 45 years ago, that was salvation. Because feeling of the Spirit is a continuous process. Some of us need it every day. It's continuous. I need it every Sunday before I get up here and preach to be filled with your Spirit, Lord, to magnify your Word. To be filled with the Spirit is to allow His influence to invade every crack and crevice. I got, man, I'm going to. Can I preach about a three-part sermon on this? I'm nowhere near what I wanted to preach. I'm still in my introduction. 
I've got to free, preach this first one. I've got to get one point in here to be a preacher. Look in verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and people of the elders of Israel, if you see this day judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means has he been made a well? Let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel, by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified. No, it didn't stop there. See, if, if Jesus stopped at the cross, he'd be like every other man. Any man can die. And he said, by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, comma, God raised from the dead. That changes everything about Christianity. Jesus Christ died on the cross, but three days later, he arose and resurrected, and today is sitting on the right hand of the Father, making intercession for his children. That's the difference of Jesus and any other religion. The resurrection. But then Peter being filled with... And when you read that, Peter being then being filled with the Holy Spirit... Peter has been named a lot of things in God's Word, but field ain't been one of them. Amen? Peter, a loud mouth. Peter denied Jesus three times. Peter, the fisherman. Peter, the one that had faith to get out of the boat and go to Jesus. Peter, the one that stood in front of Jesus and said, nobody's going to crucify you, Lord. And he said, get behind me, Satan. What must be done must be done. Peter, I mean, we always see Peter, but now, after the day of Pentecost, we got a different Peter. It says then Peter, Peter was not bold, guys. Remember when they were where they were arresting Jesus Christ to take him in front of the Sanhedrin Council and to uh, uh, to have him crucified, and they seen Peter out by the fire at night, warming his hands, and someone said, "There's that Jesus follower right there. He's with him." And it ain't me. I don't know him. And he denied him three times, as Christ said, and the, and the rooster crowed. I don't know about y'all, but if I was Peter, tell me how the rooster crow, he'd give me free heebie jeebies. <laughs> it always, sometimes we all need a rooster in our lives to see where we've been. <laughs> That's for free. I didn't think that good. <laughs> but Peter filled. All of a sudden now, He's denying him earlier. Now the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes in. And Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit in verse 4, chapter 4, verse 8. It says he's filled with the Holy Spirit. He spoke boldly to these people. I mean, here you got a bunch of religious people. The scribes and the Pharisees and the high priest. They're all going, listen, by what authority do you have to raise this lame man this crippled man, raise him up in the line to walk. What power do you have to do that? You guys did that. How'd you do it? Let us know. And go to the next one, Michelle. If this day we are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made whole? This is a great thing, guys. Y'all are complaining because there's a healing in the house. I guarantee you, when y'all gets healed from cancer, we shout. Amen. I don't want a bunch of you old Baptists going, well, that just don't happen no more. We got the Word of God now. Healings don't happen. Yeah. I've got a Greek word for you, Hogwarts. It does. 
God's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And I guarantee you, if I come down with cancer, it wouldn't bother me a bit to say, Jesus, I need a healing. I need a healing. Well, I, I just wouldn't do that. I wouldn't raise that way. Let's see you get cancer, you'll cry out to Jesus. See, that's the problem. Most of us bad has been raised in church and had not been taught that God moves in a mighty way is you hadn't needed it. You've just been sliding through life. But once you really need a miracle, uh, you, you don't think that blind, that lame man, when they said silver and gold, I have none, but rise up in the name of Jesus? You didn't think he said, yes, sir, I, I'm ready. Here. Whew. He looked down. All of a sudden, he was standing. Can you imagine him raising him up? I always remember that song, ankle bone connected to the shin bone, shin bone connected to the knee bone. I mean, I, I believe he just started quivering down here and getting stronger all the way up going, wow, I praise Jesus. I'm healed. Hey, church, look. You scribes and Pharisees, look. All you religious people wearing all your garb up here quoting scripture, I'm healed. And that made them mad because they couldn't heal him with their laws or with their religious rituals. Only a man called Jesus. And can I got news for you today? Pentecostal don't don't heal you. Baptists don't heal you. Assembly of God don't heal you. Methodists don't heal you. God heals you. Can I get an amen? Somebody, amen. It's not your denomination that makes you powerful, but it's when you've been with Jesus. Being with Jesus. Boy, if the church get that today, we quit fighting with each other. Amen. Pentecostal and Baptists get along, they can become all Baptists. Amen. But you, we, we can't even get assembly God. And, and this is what's a big difference in our pastor's prayer group, that the Holy Spirit has worked in a mighty way in our pastor's prayer group. We meet every Thursday. You know, I tell you all about this because, listen, it's got to start with the pastors first. And these pastors have been meeting with each other every Thursday and praying. We're, we're doing prayer rallies. We're meeting. We're having each other over for worship. Wow. Can you imagine having assembly of God come to a Baptist to worship? They'll come if that Baptist and that assembly of God's filled with the Spirit. Amen. A church is a church without the Holy Spirit. A church is just a building. Y'all understand that, right? This carpet and this stage and these this piano and, and, and the guitars and all of this sheetrock and these lights hanging, it's just a building. You is the church. Amen. Everybody say that. You is the church. Y'all got to do better than that. Tell somebody next door to you. Look at them and say, you the church. Tell them so they'll know. It's not this building. So, for this to be a spirit-filled church, we've got to control, totally surrender and give ourselves to Jesus ourselves, our lives. If we want to see God move, you moves in every church and you see a move of God, it's not because they got a great pastor or a speaker or great worship. 
It's because people surrender their lives and line it up with the Word of God. Obedient and the Holy Spirit fills them, anoints them, makes them powerful in His name to do things they couldn't do in their own strength. Do you really think 13 years ago, I don't know, Miss Shirley, how long have I been here? 13? Thank you. 13 years ago, God would take this church and build and do what He's doing today. We could not have done it, Mary, Levi, Earl, Joy, in our own strength. We had to surrender and get an authority in the name of Jesus Christ and say, Lord, fill us with your spirit. Equip us to do what we can't do on our own. You say, well, I've never prayed to God like that. That's why God's never used you in a great way. You've been doing it in your own strength. When I went to seminary, they taught me how to preach. Yeah, they taught you how to preach and they taught you scripture, but they can't teach you and give you the Holy Spirit. Only He can. And, and, and listen, I'm not against going to seminary. I'm not against doctors of theology. But dad gum surrender to the Holy Spirit and preach like a preacher. Like you're under the power of the Holy Spirit. Our church needs to look and act and smell like we're under the Holy Spirit. Amen? You say, well, I'm good, Brother George. Well, I can't if you'd say, Lord, I've been struggling lately. Lord, I need some help. I was on fire when I first came to church here, and I've been here a few months, and, and listen, between your job and the stress and your kids and hobbies going here and there, sometimes we just kind of drift. Amen? How many drifters do we got in here? I am one. Again, God's going to move very good on this side of the church today. All of y'all are drifters. These, I don't know what they are. You can drift and sit in this church every Sunday. You can be saved and drift. I'm just telling y'all, guys, it's amazing what God will do if each one of us will commit to be filled with the Spirit today. Commit to be under His influence and His control. And say, Jesus, I'm tired of fighting this battle on my own. I'm giving to you, fill every crack, every crevice in my every influence, every thought, every motive, Jesus, fill it with your spirit. Man, you're talking about acting like, then you'll walk out here and say, man, they've been with Jesus. Because there's a lot of churches, <laughs> I wonder who they've been with. <laughs> Amen? Boy, I didn't get to preach nothing I had. We're going to part two, three, and four, because this is good stuff. Hang on, we're doing it again next Sunday. I've got to let you go. I can preach till the cows come home. But be ye filled with the Holy Spirit. A church needs courage to be courageous and boldness, just like Peter. He was able to stand up and say, there's no other name under heaven given which by man must be saved. Must. There's only one way. If we're going to make it in this life, if we're going to be able to create in this life, raise our kids, go to church, have a spiritual life, it must be through Jesus. It must be through Jesus. Some of y'all saying, well, you don't mind me, George. I just lost my job three, three months ago. Then you must do it through Jesus. Don't get mad at the job, mad at the world. Give it to Jesus. 
Amen? Bad things happen to good people all the time. People get divorced. Don't mean it's over for you. Just give it to Jesus. And if you're trying to get married, give it to Jesus. You've got to know your identity in Jesus Christ to be filled by the Spirit. You've got to know that you know that you're in Christ. I mean, how many believe y'all in Christ? You've got to know your identity. You've got to identify with Christ, not just in here on Sunday, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. When I'm up on the mountain, when I'm in the valley, when I don't feel like it, I've got to identify with Christ. He's living inside of me. Where royal blood is in me, amen? A royal priesthood, a set apart people through the blood. I gotta let you go. This was funny. There was a college professor was given a he, he taught zoology, the zoology, and then what it's taught. And and this guy studied all night long for the zoology test. I mean, stayed up to like four, and he come into this college class with his books and big old cup of coffee, and he sit down at the desk. And the professor said, well, I've changed the test up a little bit today, guys. It's not going to be a paper. It's not a written test. What I have here is ten birds. He pulled the sheet off all the cages, and everything was covered on the birds except for their legs. He said, for the test today, you got to identify all ten of these birds, and you pass my zoology test. Boy, and that one boy, he was fired up. He was mad. He said, this ain't I studied all night for a zoology test, and you want me to identify a bunch of legs? That's crazy. He said, son, that's the test. Take it or fail. He slammed his book down and started walking out of the class. He said, son, where are you going? By the way, what's your name? He turned around. He said, I don't know. Pulled up his pants leg and said, you tell me. <laughs> Amen. to identify with Jesus today. Do you know when you were saved? Hey, that's the number one thing to do. If you're not feeling Jesus and walking with Jesus, you need to make sure that you know Jesus. I'm not talking about just an experience or, oh, Lord, help, don't say a preacher prayed for you. Because if a preacher prayed for you, you're not saved. I'm just going to be bold straight out. Because to have a personal faith in Jesus Christ, you must speak and ask. It's your soul he saved, not the preachers. By the way, the preacher didn't die on the cross for you. Jesus did. Amen? You must ask him. And first, you need to identify with that. Do you remember when you first got saved? If you're saved, well, maybe you just drifted. Boy, Brother George, when I first got saved, I'd read the Bible every morning before I went to work. I would say a prayer. I would pray with my kids before they went to bed. But you know what? Here lately, I don't pray in the mornings, and I hadn't been praying with my kids. And I don't know what's wrong with me. You probably, you're saved if you know that you're saved. And I ask people, do you know you're saved? I know I'm saved. Even through the bad stuff, you'll know that you're a child of God. Even when you fail, you'll still know that you're a child of God. And we all fail. 
And we all need the grace of God. Isn't it funny how we Christians say, oh, he messed up. But when we mess up, we're the first one wanting the grace of Jesus. But when other people mess up, let them fight it out. Let them suffer. We are the first ones that want the grace of God. And there's a lot of saved people that are saved. They just, they just drifted. Got off course. And so you may be that way. You may feel like you just kind of drifted and got off course. Maybe you've never been baptized. Maybe whatever it is today. But you need to identify with Jesus today. You need to go back to where it all started. Back at the foot of the cross. Wherever you was when you got saved. In your truck, in your house, at church camp, at an altar, in your shower. Here's what I love about the Holy Spirit. You don't have to be in these four walls to get saved. There's some people that teach that, that it's only in here. Oh, thank God, I don't have to experience it in here. I mess up enough when I'm out of here. And I need the Holy Spirit to fill me and to help me. I don't know where you're at this morning, church. Listen, how many of y'all want to impact? I mean, if you don't want to impact and you're good where you're at, then that's where you'll always be. Because if you always do what you always done, you'll always be where you always been. And there's some people in church that don't want no more than that, and I understand that. And I'm, and I'm okay with that. Just don't stop the progress of the church because we want it. We want Him. If you don't want more of Jesus, that's okay. Sit right there and be a prune and uh, like you soaked on lemons the rest of your life. Never get a fresh touch, a fresh feeling, a fresh joy, a fresh peace. I don't need that right now. Well... I feel sorry for you. We'll pray for you is all I can do, amen, but we're going to have church. We're going to keep having church. We're going to keep having church. Amen. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, we love you today. Lord, help us as a church body this morning, Lord. Help us to be to understand what it means to be spirit-filled. It's not sitting around waiting on some formula to hit us. Feeling the Holy Spirit don't happen to preachers and front the fronter, up-fronters. It happens to a child of God. And if you're a child of God this morning, it can happen to you. You can get your peace back, your joy back. He'll increase your faith. Maybe you stop believing. And you know why most people stop even get hurt in church? Because they put their faith in the church, the people, the preacher, and not Jesus Christ. God, sinners here up front. You got your faith in me, you got it in the wrong person. Because I'll let you down and I'll mess you up. But Jesus says, come unto me all ye are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you because my yoke is easy. It's easy. But you got to step out on faith where you're at right now. Well, I wish we could, if we could commit as a church body today to line this altar up and these aisles up and get on our knees and say, Jesus, we want to make an impact in this community this year. We want to be a spirit-filled church. Don't mean we're a perfect church, but we're a spirit-filled church. 
And we want you to impact my life, my wife's life, my marriage, my kids, and my church body, Lord. Move in a way. Let us experience something we've never experienced from you, Lord. New and fresh. Wouldn't it be great, church, to experience that new and fresh? So, right now, as we begin to play, y'all step out right where you're at. If you want if you more joy, more peace, more faith, the fruits of the Spirit in you, but you're just not eating none of them. You're not experiencing none of them. Won't you step out and come? How long has it been to come and, and kneel to the foot of the altar and say, Jesus, I'm tired of doing this on my own. You've got to get to that point when it's not about you and it's all about Him. When you get to that point, the Holy Spirit says, now you're ready for me to feel you. Now you're ready for me to control you. But as long as you find Him and run from Him, He's not going to force Himself upon you. He wants a willing cup this morning. See, that's what we all are. We're cups. Won't you let me fill your cup this morning? But you've got to be a willing cup. To say, hey, I ain't got it all together, Jesus, but I know one thing. I can do this morning. Amen, church. And all God's people said, Amen. Come right now. The altars are open. Don't hesitate. Don't wait. Don't look at your wife, your friend. Just go. Go to the cross this morning. Don't wait for an answer. Don't wait for a suggestion. Go to the cross. Everyone needs a passion. Love that's never failed.